Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Daybreak Crypto. We today are having a bit of a roundtable discussion on the White House's uh, very recent release of their digital asset regulatory framework. This is a report that we've been talking about on our podcast and a lot of people have. It's been widely anticipated for the last six months since President Biden really tasked all of his agencies with putting this together, uh, getting together since March. And he gave everyone basically six months to say, uh, take a look at the space and digital assets. And from your agency's perspective, tell me what I need to be concerned about. Tell me what are our goals here? What are we trying to accomplish? And give me a report so I can put this all together. And this is uh, really that report. And what it outlines are six key priorities uh, that are identified in President Biden's executive order, uh, protecting consumers, promoting access to safe, affordable financial services. Number three, fostering financial stability. Number four, advancing responsible innovation. Number five, reinforcing global financial leadership and competitiveness. And number six, fighting illicit finance. There's also a piece uh, towards the end that talks about the ongoing task of trying to establish a potential central bank digital currency. But uh, this is really, uh, there really isn't any hard policy here. Rather, it's more of a framework and, uh, you know, that's kind of where things stand. So I want to get you guys' take on maybe areas that you were surprised about, maybe just overall impressions, but I'll kick it to you first, Swiss. Uh, what were some of your first takeaways here? Yeah, first off, when I started reading it, I, I entered with a pretty cynical view. Um, just kind of a bias against a lot of what they talk about doing. They, they make The government tends to talk a really positive game, like, oh, this is going to, this regulation we're, we're going to think about is going to really help and going to protect people and save the world. And so I really struggle with that kind of attitude, I guess, just seeing what they've done in the past. But this wasn't so bad. I think the there's some good and bad and ugly here. And I guess the good part, the, the, the good is that it wasn't that bad. Um, I think like the advancing responsible innovation is important, but this idea of consulting with the actual companies, the actual thought leaders, the people who know the space, that as absolutely needs to be happening instead of just trying to regulate it um, from a a blind eye view. So I think that's good. Uh, I think what's bad, uh, well, I'll, I'll go ugly first. Um, a lot of this stuff about like fraud and like, there's so much, they don't talk a lot about the benefits here. And that was one thing people were roasting this on Twitter a lot was just look, the government, this is, this is a hint at how they, they view the space and there's just a ton of referencing all of the bad and evil in the world of crypto that if, if it's not regulated properly, um, there's going to be terrorists and money laundering and, and North Korea is going to take over and a bunch of stuff like this, which I don't know. I mean, some of it's worth considering, but you can tell by the overall tone there, there really is a spin, a negative spin. Um, and then I guess the bad parts, I, I suppose... There's there's several instances here where you can see them prepping for I would call it a power grab um, with the uh, the Fed pay system, which they talk about the inter they want to have a Federal Reserve um, launch of an interbank clearing system. 
that will, I mean, there's, there's a huge area of improvement that's needed on the back end of the SWIFT system. Um, but then they, they, they've put this in the section of talking about the unbanked, which is really odd to me. So they, they talk about all these there's 7 million Americans who have no bank account and they need to build infrastructure that's going to support them and also cross-border payments. And so then they introduce this FedNow uh, topic, this, this new clearing system, and they don't explain at all, unless I missed something, I, I didn't see how they really explain how this is going to help everyday people. Um, sure, I, I guess it's a bit of a, of, a, of a stretch, I think, to just say, okay, the efficient back end is going to fix all these problems with the people, with those who don't have bank accounts. Um, and then one yeah. last thing, I guess the CBDC, um, I am nervous with what they're talking about doing. Um, this is a really unpopular idea on Twitter. I think that there's some merit to it, but the potential for the abuse of power is, is significant. Um, maybe 10, 20, 50, 100 years down the road, you could get a lunatic in charge of things and um, you could censor people that you don't like. You could basically censor their transactions by just shutting off their wallets or something. So I'm nervous about the abuse of power that could come out of this, but it's too early to to go, you know, doomsday. So that's my initial yeah. take. And there's more I have to say, but I give other people the chance to talk. Yeah, no, I think uh, you kind of hit the some. That's the thing. You and I were talking before this that this report is light on policy. It's still very broad, but to your points there's clearly some indications of where the government wants to go with all this regulation and some interests specifically they want to advance and um definitely want to get into some of the stuff you talked about but uh greg i'm curious what stuck out to you um so yeah i agree agree with pretty much what both of you guys said um one thing I found kind of funny is the only time they really talked about the positives of crypto is when they went over their CBDC, when they're talking about how it could enable benefit or enable payment systems that are more efficient, provide foundation for further technological in innovation, um, faster cross-border transactions. This is all stuff that crypto already does. So it's kind of interesting that the only place they choose to kind of highlight these positives are when they're talking about them creating their own crypto. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's what I, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. It's like they, this is an evil, bad technology until they use it for themselves and make their own version of it. Like it's kind of silly. So there's really, there's no discussion of any merit here, but what do you expect? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's kind of, it's a technology, so it, it can be used for good or bad. And I think having, being able to realize all of that is going to be a big step though, because if they just treat it as bad, that's, there's well, going to be a lot of pushback from the crypto community. And Greg, there's one thing you put in here that I, I wanted to make. I mean, one of the good parts is the, uh, the way they want to talk with the, the constituents in the industry and actually explain how to interpret these regulations. Because I think anybody who's serious about the space will admit regulation is needed. It will help mature the industry and help give clarity on things. Because right now you have projects that don't even let US users use the, their platform or invest in their projects. And so, 
I mean, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but what we saw with this SEC and Ethereum thing, I mean, that kind of stuff, there's, we need to avoid freaking people out to the, to the extent where they just say, no, U.S. users cannot interact with this new software that we created. It, that's a good point because I think there's a lot that we could criticize here, but that is a point. It seems like we're kind of in agreement. Um, and I want to specifically point out where it says this in the support under advancing responsible innovation. There's two sub points. One is provide innovative U.S. firms developing new financial technologies with regulatory guidance, best practices, sharing, and technical assistance. So that goes to your point, Swiss, about trying to make sure everyone knows what the rules are so that nobody is confused or people are running afoul because they're unclear. There, there is some intent to clearly establish that communication. And then a second bullet point that kind of goes to the, the input, uh, you know, inclusiveness on from the industry on, on how to best set up these practices. Uh, they want to establish a standing forum to convene federal agencies, industry, academics, and society to exchange knowledge, ideas that could inform regulation. That would be through the Department of Commerce, but Ultimately, you know, I think those maybe are the two bright spots is that there's an intention to communicate um, what will be done and what could be done in the future. So, yeah, I, I think I'm on. I kind of agree with you both there. Great. But there's one thing I wanted to comment on this. Uh, you, you commented on the, the article, our shared doc, that this thing like 25 percent, the, the paper quotes 25 percent. A study where they found a quarter of digital coin offerings had disclosure or transparency problems. So when you click the link, the study is from 2018. It's from May of 2018. It's a Wall Street Journal study where they reviewed 1,400, uh, 1,450 digital coin offerings. And I'm just thinking, yeah, that probably is pretty low. Like the study is from, yeah, from 2018. That's well, I think that's another thing that speaks to there's not a lot of you know, big technical research that's been done on the whole industry, like these types of. Well, what did this author do? Just Google, right? Google yeah. Bitcoin fraud and found a Wall Street Journal article and called it a day. Like, I think there's institute. I, I have to imagine there's there's some other studies or things out Better there. But all I'm studies. saying is, yeah. it's ironic, bro, because this is probably a low number. So right. <laughs> Um, one thing I did want to mention, they talk about this Bank Security Act and laws against unless unlicensed money transmitting. And I think that actually could be a, a big thing in a bad way, because if you have basically any anything that any platform that transactions money in any way right now is considered an could be considered an unlicensed money transmitter. And they could have penalties, they could be shut down. There's a lot of stuff that could happen. And that's kind of most of crypto is unlicensed money transmitters right now. So what do you guys think about that and them possibly moving to include crypto under there? Well, that was that one actually stuck out to me. I almost forgot about that. I'm glad you mentioned it. One caveat there is that they were very clear in this report that that would require congressional action so at best they could only recommend it so i don't if, if this causes you concern this might be that that might be your saving grace um but what also kind of stuck out to me is that this would potentially include exchanges of course but also nfts since nfts are technically a way to transmit uh value 
uh, of some sort. So, um, yeah, it, it really opens up the regulatory umbrella to this. This could everything. It could be everything. Absolutely. I think they're they're talking about NFT platforms, right? Correct. Or they're talking about NFTs itself. I mean, that, no, I, I think this the platform they're going to kill DeFi. If you ask me, mm -hmm. DeFi is not meant for this world. There will be DeGeny <laughs> yeah. DeFi like. It won't be institutional though. It'll be maybe some side chain or some Cosmos app chain or something. But um, they DeFi is not meant for the world, in my opinion. I mean, I, I, well, I hope I hope there's a way that it, it can survive. But like with it, this SEC thing, so I, I don't want to get sidetracked. But like, it's not looking good if you're. Uh, a DeFi project, in my opinion, in the US, you pretty much just have to like not allow the US audience, if you're going to try to do this stuff, because otherwise, you're going to, you're going to trip the, the wires of these, the bank secrecy acts and all this other stuff, like, your risk is way too high to be to be doing, uh, to be hosting DeFi for US audiences, in my opinion. No, I'm glad you actually brought that up. I don't think it's a distraction. I think it's good because there's some stuff this report doesn't talk about, and that's a lot of the action. Um, two things. One is that the SEC has made it clear that they're willing to split off Bitcoin and maybe Ethereum itself to the uh, commodities regulator, but they're going to take probably everything else. And then I think it was just yesterday, um, last night even, the SEC claimed that all of Ethereum falls under their jurisdiction. So, yeah, to your point about uh, all of DeFi being in the crosshairs, like, like the idea that there might be some uh, crypto that, that's domiciled somewhere else, like it, if it becomes successful enough, it's very likely the regulators, specifically the SEC, is going to claim jurisdiction and um, this framework, whatever it ends up being, is going to be applied or be attempt to applied. The U.S. has a lot of soft power throughout the world, and uh, they're clearly willing to exert it. So I, I fall on the camp as you, same camp as you, that um, I struggle to see where DeFi goes uh, from here. Yeah, I don't want to be too bearish on it, but there's there's reasons to be concerned. So. Yeah, well, I think, too, another kind of sneaky thing they put in here that the State Department will explore further technical assistance to developing countries building out digital assets and infrastructure and services. So I think they're going to try to go into these countries that might want to do DeFi or something else and be like, you know, do use their soft power, kind of push them around a little bit, make sure that they're doing what the U.S. wants and not what maybe the country would want. Yeah. Real, uh, yeah. I viewed Sorry. that. I viewed that as a way to for them to spread the CBDC. Yeah. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. Exactly. Get that. Sorry to cut in here, but I think that they're planting seeds for the general public here that we'll hear about over the next three to six months. And I think that they're going back to a little bit earlier. They're really going to push the CBDC and then start talking to these, you know, third world kind of growing countries and have them move to our cdbc before they move to another countries because the us all they care about is staying as the monetary power throughout the world because you know money is power right and yeah you really think the us government is like the person you'd want to talk to about implementing crypto like no you'd want to talk to coinbase <laughs> you'd want to talk to a6 i mean you want to talk to the real experts you don't think the united states is going to like 
grab some of the lobbyists from them as they're talking to these countries? Or just like you so. play with us and we'll give you more lenient regulations in the United States or like you do, you know what I mean? I feel like that's been going on in the financial industry forever, no? Well, you would expect it. What you yeah. see in Twitter, I mean, when you see what these companies have to say about that, they, the, the general temperature I've gotten off of seeing them tweet has been pretty cold. Uh, I know Coinbase has talked about in the past, like how many times they've tried to talk to regulators and making sure things are whatever, and, and they have been unable to get conversations going. I think that's going to change, but that this was, this was months ago. There was something, I, I don't remember the instance, but um, from what I've been able to, from, I mean, what it looks like on Twitter and <laughs> different articles and, and the general buzz is that it's hard to actually get any clarity. So I expect that to change to your point. I mean, they have to engage I, with the stakeholders of the industry if they want to do it intelligently. Oh, definitely. And I get that. I just think it's more smoke and mirrors from both sides. I think they're a lot closer working oh. together behind doors than yeah. they're putting off because they don't want it to make it. I don't know. I'm also like a crazy conspiracy theorist. So I'll just be quiet now. And now you guys know my points. No, I never thought of it. I never thought of that. Um, that would make so, sense, though. So I want to just list a couple things on where we go from here, because I think we're almost at time. Uh, there's two clear steps. One is that uh, the Financial Stability Oversight Council is tasked with uh, pushing out a report on the financial stability risks of digital assets. So that should be coming. Uh, there's also... Oh, my computer chose a great time. Oh, there we go. The Treasury would also complete an illicit finance risk assessment on DeFi. So to our point earlier, uh, a full report on the risk assessment on DeFi is coming early next year. Um, and ultimately, the CBDC, it's not imminent. Uh, there's the language in the report clearly shows that th this is not anywhere near complete. There's additional research the Fed has been doing, and there's other reports out there that kind of can give you a sense of where this could go. But um, whether you're a fan or not of CBDC, I certainly don't expect it to happen anytime soon. And it, uh, based on the language of this report, it uh, doesn't seem like the president's uh, office thinks it will be imminent either. Uh, but lot for us to focus on. Uh, thanks everyone for hopping on today. It was good to get a round table. Maybe we'll do this more often. This was kind of a nice change of pace. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for joining us at uh, another episode of Daybreak Crypto. We'll be back again later this week. Thanks everyone.